Hi everyone, hello, welcome to my podcast audio guide to beginner's birth charts. My name's Tracy, I'm founder of the Spiritual Healing Temple based in Twickenham, South West London, a community space set up to host workshops, moon circles, alongside the sister shop, The Hair and the Moon, where we sell lots of beautiful giftware and spiritual goodies too. And today I want to talk to you about and guide you through the basics to understanding your birth chart. Now, before we get into the juicy bits about birth chart analysis and all that you need to know to get started, we have to start where it all began and that is the beautiful topic of astrology. Now, like it or love it, astrology has been in our lives for centuries. In fact, it was the beginnings of studies of the planets and the stars around us as humans. It comes from the Greek word translating to stargaze. And that was literally back in the times what it was before we had all this technology. It really was the science. It was, it was classed as science of the understanding of the planet's movements and the stars around Earth. And it was believed that all the planets and things that moved around us were living and breathing things. And that is where the understanding comes from, which has transitioned to today, that these breathing and moving planets that have energy around us ruled areas of our lives. Kings used it to predict war. Doctors used it to predict the best medical outcomes. They wouldn't operate during certain lunar phases, for instance, or when the planets were in a certain position. Farmers used it to help with the crops. In fact, today we still do see the practice of sowing seeds during certain moon phases and harvesting during times of the moon as well. So there's many different ways that astrology was used back in the day to really help support us as humans. And although it has transitioned now that science has gone down a different avenue and is now called astronomy, it separated its name and astrology is more the spiritual practice, we have to acknowledge and recognise and congratulate that astrology was the fundamentals, the basics of the study of planets. Now, if you try to find your birth chart or go for birth chart analysis, it can be pretty overwhelming. There are many different graphs, grids, there's talks of angles, there's symbols. In fact, I believe a lot of people don't start this practice because pick up a book or try to Google it and it can just feel like the subject is far too advanced for anyone that doesn't practice it professionally. It looks terrifying. Also, you'd be given pages and pages of scary words or positions of planets which aren't really relatable to what you're looking for. So today I just want to go through the fundamental core of your birth chart, how you can very basically understand it and analyse it both for yourself and friends as a really useful tool, I believe, to help understand yourself and others. Because it is understood that when we are born, The planets, the stars, the constellations as we know them, Taurus, Gemini, Capricorn, were in a specific position when our soul travelled into our body. One lady beautifully explained to me that our soul transitioned across the skies and landed in our body at this precise moment, but to get there it had travelled through all these stars, past all the planets and landed at that specific time. 
And it is the position of those planets in the constellations that we use to analyse our birth chart, which then can be broken down into understanding the different layers of our personalities and why perhaps we behave certain ways. It is one explanation as to why we have so many different personalities and why a whole family born under the same household brought up under the same morals and ethics, may have very different personalities. Now, there is the famous saying, isn't there, nature versus nurture. Nature being that that is just how we are. We were always meant to have this personality. We always have these behavioural traits. They are programmed in us, which is where your birth chart programming and key areas of your personality layers are. Like I say, when your soul landed... That's how you were programmed. But then there's also nurture, which is our human experiences, which also play a key part in our behavioural characteristics. For instance, past traumas, and adding more complication here, past traumas of not only maybe this life, but it's my belief maybe past life, can also trigger behavioural patterns. But then you have the nature side, the astrology side too, where, hey, these are key programmed things in me which I cannot work on, which could not be changed. These are part of me. And by understanding both of those elements in the key layers of your personality, of your behavioural traits, can really help you understand you. So let's get started. Now, what you need to really understand your birth chart would be to go to a really good website, which is going to give you an accurate reading of your birth chart. Because let's face it, we can do it manually. There are lots of different books out there which will help you calculate it. But we now have the beautiful internet, which will do it just as amazingly for us. It will save us time. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with just going on a good website like cafeastrology.com. And in there, there'll be a section for you to calculate your birth chart. What you will just need is your time and date of birth and your location as well. Now, location is important because some of these planets travel through the constellations very quickly and they may shift over the course of a day or two and that can mean that they're in different positions. If you think of the time differences let's say between America and the UK or maybe even Australia and America you'll know sometimes we're on different days so of course location is really really important and time is quite important as well to calculate those planets that do move very quickly and to make sure that you have the right planet in the right constellation on your chart and to make sure you have a really accurate reading. The moon, for instance, will change constellation every two to two and a half days. So whereas without the time, you can still calculate your birth chart if you have the time, you stand more of a chance of getting the exact constellation that it was in. I did a birth chart for one of my lovely friends and it didn't make sense that her moon sign was Aries. She just didn't seem like an Aries. And it turned out that we put the time in wrong and that she was actually a moon sign Taurus. The time was only a few hours out. Everything else on her chart was exactly as it was. But it can make a huge difference between them shifting from one sign to another, which makes a whole difference to the layers of your chart. 
So if you do have the time, it really will give you an accurate reading of your chart. And it will also give your ascendant sign too. More on that later. If you don't have the time, don't worry. You will be missing certain layers of your chart, but you can still do this. However, just be wary that perhaps particularly, like I say, with those fast-moving planets or planetary bodies like the moon, if it's sitting in one sign and you read it and you're like, oh, that's not me, it could be a timing issue where you've shifted a constellation before or a constellation after. So pause me, go onto this website, have a little look at your birth chart, type in your date of birth. You'll be greeted with this beautiful chart, a circle divided into 12 sections with lots of different lines crossing through it, lots of different symbols around the outside. And hopefully, if you've gone to a good website, it will give you exactly what constellation sign your planets are all in. One thing that took me a while to get my head around because of the way I was taught at school was how come the sun moves on the chart? Because on your chart, the sun will change position. And as we know from science, the sun doesn't move. Everything else in the system does move. All the planets orbit the sun, or the moons orbit the planets. But the sun, to me, was always central to our universe. That's how we were taught, right? But for astrology purposes, you have to remember that back when these charts were mapped out and designed and understood, the sun moved. We didn't have an understanding that it was earth moving. For a long time, we thought it was flat, right? So until technology was developed, the sun moved and the earth was believed to be the center of the universe and everything else moved around it. So when you look at these charts, you have to still follow that practice and go against our scientific principles that the earth is still the center. This chart is drawn from the earth's perspective and you're looking up like you would on a daytime the sun does move position and so all these planets are seem to be moving through the constellations and you will be given your position of these planets in the constellation when you were born and each of these planets has a specific energy i like to see them as a specific layer of your personality or a layer of your generation and each of the constellations that the planets have are the explanation or the traits or the details of that personality. Okay, sounds confusing, right? So let's get started. You will see, starting off on the inner planets, which is the five inner planets, and we do count the sun and the moon here, we name them planetary bodies. You will see the sun is in a specific sign, i.e. Taurus, Aries. This is the star sign, the sun sign, that we all work with that most of you will already know. When people say, oh, what's your sign? Or growing up, maybe you were reading magazines or newspapers, looking up your horoscope. The sun sign is the one that we all talk about, the one that we all tell people, oh, I'm a Taurus, I'm a Gemini. So one we actually label ourselves with, which is really interesting because we have many other different signs. But the sun sign is your outer ego. It is your personality. It is what you portray to people as a whole. It's an accurate portrayal of your personality, but it is ego-based. So it is our conscious way of projecting ourselves to others and our environment around us. It is our identity. It's who we are. 
And so when people ask what your sign is, whether that's a sister, a boyfriend, or even a complete stranger, when you explain, oh, I'm a Gemini, instantly, no matter how close they are to you, or if they've just met you, they will see traits of Gemini. But flipping it round, and the one that we don't talk about a lot, is the moon sign. And this is the position of the moon in the constellations when you were born. And the moon is our inner core emotions. So you will have a moon sign, say, of Taurus or Virgo or Sagittarius. And your moon sign is what I connect with your soul. It is your inner personality, your bit that you hold very dear to your heart. And the bit really that you only share with those that you are close to. It is your subconscious way of thinking and it is also how you react without actually processing. So for instance, in times of emergency or in an argument or when emotions are running high and you have that instant reaction without thinking, that is down to your moon sign. And so hopefully by understanding, oh, my moon sign is not something really I project to the world, You can understand why the sun sign perhaps took over the celebrity well-known status of, of being your sign. But your moon sign is equally as important. It's almost like a balance of your sun as well. They work in opposite, but also together. And it's not a sign that strangers or those that aren't close to you will see either. So that's possibly why we don't share it as much, because most people won't get it. They won't see that trait or that characteristic in you, because you don't share it openly. I'll give you an example here. My moon sign is Virgo and Virgo is known for being quite organized, very practical. It's a feminine introvert sign, but it is a very organized, logical sign as well. And a few weeks ago, my partner spilt paint in his eye quite badly. It was horrific. His whole eye was white. He really covered his eyeball in this white paint. And all I could think of was, oh my goodness, he's blinded himself. But my moon sign took over this practical, organized, logical, knew what she had to do moon sign, just instantly grabbed the water, washed his eye out, then realized that I had some eye wash inside. It was so instant that even he was so shocked at how I'd reacted in an emergency because that isn't really what I portray to the world at all. And even to the point we went down to the pharmacy, my practical thinking, my emotion response to this was very Virgo, let's say. And he was fine, by the way. But that was how I reacted in an emergency. It shocked me. It shocked him. I don't know where that came from when you just go on to auto respond. But I reflect on it now and I'm like, oh, yeah, that is very Virgo, isn't it? Very practical, very logical, very organized, knows what to do, can help calm the chaos. So have a look at your sun and moon signs. Have a little read on the constellation meanings of these signs as well. These are your main two. They are the most important two. And to start off with, they're possibly the best two to get started on in understanding your layers, as we say. Moving on now to the three main planets. You have the planet of Mercury, which is based around our logic and our intellect. It's how we process information, it's how we communicate, it's how we hold knowledge, it's how I'm speaking to you now, it's how I project myself, it's how I gather information and portray it to the world. Mercury is that planet of logic, thought and reason. 
And so whatever constellation you have in Mercury may explain how you process information. Next, moving on to the planet of Venus. Venus is the planet of love and beauty and charm. It's a very feminine energy. And Venus is how we find beauty in things. For me, Venus is the planet which explains why some of us love art, some of us love gardening, some of us love cooking. For me, Venus is why we have our favourite colour or our favourite food. It's also how we show our love and it's one to look at for your relationships on a romantic level as well. Next one is Mars and Mars is a masculine planet. It's the planet of action, drive and courage. It's also quite an aggressive, angry, energetic planet as well. Mars is the one to look at for maybe your career path in this generation, in this world where we are at the moment. Our drive and ambition nowadays is quite associated to career. As humans in this world, we all have to get a job, we all have to work, we all have to earn money to live. Whether you agree with that or not, whether you see that as our purpose or not, in this world where we are right now, that is our society expectation and therefore programmed into be our drive. For this generation and for this world that we're in, I do like to apply Mars for maybe more career. Maybe it could be different for the select few. Maybe it will be different one day. But right now, Mars is your career personality. And Mars can explain a little bit why we do have, talking about those personality layers, right? None of them are fake. I'm not saying that we're all pretending to be certain people around certain scenarios. It's just we do switch. We are different people around those that we're close to, to those, say, that are in a bigger group environment. And we definitely have our work egos where we portray ourselves differently at work. We recognise our societal interactions are different under different circumstances. And of course, some of that is nurture and programmed on by choice. But also, some of it could be down to your birth chart as well. And also, your Mars sign could explain why you have the certain career choice. Why some people choose to join the army, some people choose to be nurses, some people choose to be shopkeepers. Now, moving on to the outer planets. Now, the outer planets, starting at Jupiter onwards, move a lot slower through the constellations. So, the first five inner planetary bodies will move, like I say, the moon every two and a half days. Mars will move approximately every one and a half months. The outer planets, move a lot more slowly. For instance, Pluto will move every 15 to 30 years. So it takes a long time for Pluto to actually shift sign and when it does, it's quite significant. And what this means is that maybe your partner or school friend or someone close to your age, you look at their birth chart compared to yours and if they are the same age of you, it's likely that they will have very different Sun, Moon, Mars, Venus signs. But because they're born in the same year, they're likely to have the same outer planet signs, namely Jupiter, Saturn, etc., etc. What it means is the outer planets are less significant maybe in the layers of your personality as you but very significant for, and I mentioned at the start of this, maybe generational layers. You have to look back on like generations that stood out like the 60s or the 90s. You know, we have like these generational changes or themes and that can be put down to the planets. 
It could explain why at the moment we're going through a very strong period about human rights, equality. There's a lot of protests going on. There's a lot of concern about Earth and the environment and what we're doing to it. There's a lot of rebellion going on. There's a lot of people trying to fight for human rights. And of course, that's due to what's going on in the world, but also the generation that's fighting for this, the generations that feel this, the generations that see this, were born under a specific theme of these outer planets being in a certain position. And when they shift, particularly Pluto, we see a whole new generation born and Due to those planets' positions, we see a whole new theme generate. So let's have a look at these outer planets. First of all, we've got Jupiter. I like to see Jupiter and Saturn maybe as opposites, but not everyone sees it probably the same. But Jupiter is the planet of opportunity, of luck, of growth and expansion. It's a really optimistic planet of looking forward. It's how you see yourself obtaining things and growing. Luck is such a funny subject, isn't it? Because I truly believe that if you are open to things, the universe will give them to you. If you truly believe that you're not lucky or you're not going to get something or something doesn't work, then maybe you're close to it. You're not looking around or seeking that opportunity. And how you behave, how you react, how you see optimism or progression or luck or moving forward or new things is down to your positioning of Jupiter. Now, Saturn, on the other hand, to me is the opposite, and it is the planet where you have challenges or restrictions. It's what pauses you. It's where you will hit blips in the road. It's what may cause fear or denial. It is also quite associated with your shadow self as well. So that is the one that stops you moving forward. It's that bump in the road which actually makes you hold back and think about what could go wrong, or how you deal with things when they do go wrong. That's all down to how your Saturn positioning is in the constellations of how you process that, and how you deal with that. Now Uranus, or Uranus, is one of these really associated generational planets. Uranus is all about chaos, it's about unpredictability, it's about new spontaneous things, Um, unpredictable changes, rebellion, and inventions as well. Neptune. Now, this is your spiritual planet. This is the planet of dreams. This is the planet of almost like daydreams. It is a very mystical, illusional planet and can add like these curtain layers to how things are. And your positioning of this in your chart, maybe how you deal with this or why this happens, Neptune is almost that planet that can lie to you a little bit to make you see things in a different way, i.e. maybe you're transfixed with a certain person and you think the world of them and actually the reality of how they are as a human isn't like that, but it's just because you've got your beer goggles on, let's say. It's that illusion that we get on certain topics or people or scenarios or the world which isn't necessarily true, but it's a beautiful illusion sometimes because it's where we daydream. And it's also the mystical planet as well, which can make us fly high and feel very ungrounded. And so with Neptune, it is one to watch, it is one to understand. It's a really lovely planet. It's also a little bit of a planet of untruths. Always good to step away from reality, but not for too long. 
Finally, we have the planet of Pluto, which is the planet of transformation and revolution. And when Pluto changes, it's really powerful because it makes a new era. It transforms the world maybe to a new temporary theme. It will move and characterize some sort of new generation, which is why we had like such a different generation, say back into the 60s to what we have now. Obviously, there's the progression of technology and fashion and politics and things have changed, which maybe aren't down to astrology. But the general theme of the generation could be down to Pluto's movement. And finally, we have your ascendant sign, or some will call it your rising sign. And this is the one that does change very quickly, every two to two and a half hours. So you really do need your time of birth to calculate this. And it refers to what zodiac sign was rising or ascending on the horizon when you were born. Nothing to do with planets, more to do with the position of the constellations. And it is the sign which represents what you portray to the world as your mask, almost, your persona, your chosen personality that you give to people, your social personality, your personality that you choose to share through thought and consciousness. If you're in a big party, surrounded by people you don't know, maybe before you've had some wine, this is how you would project yourself in that environment. It's your social personality, your chosen persona of how you want to portray to others with conscious thought. Now, it's not fake, it's not not you, but it is you portrayed with thought and logic, not giving your 100% self, not giving that sun sign perhaps or that moon sign. It's how others actually see you. And so it's interesting because I always say to people, how people see you and how you feel inside is very different. And this is down to your ascendant sign. Because if you go into a room of lots and lots of people and you take center stage, and you hold that space and you speak very clearly, very confidently, very strongly, people will see you as, oh, this powerful person who speaks and is courageous and strong. But inside, you might be a complete mess. You could be nervous. You could have rehearsed it 20 times to get it right. So what you actually put out to the world and what you give is not necessarily how you feel. But even more complicatedly so, how people see you may not be necessarily how you feel you're portraying yourself. And so you've got these beautiful different layers of how you perceived, what you think you're perceiving and how you feel, which combine with your sun sign, your moon sign and your ascendant to give a beautiful picture of you. And this is why birth chart analysis is so cool, because it really helps you layer yourself and understand yourself on a key nature, I was born this way, basis. This cannot be changed. If you aren't happy with your moon sign, you can't just say, oh, I want to be more Leo. It's there, it's engraved, it's you, and it's there to be celebrated. It's there to be worked with, and it's there to be understood. So if you behave a certain way, if you are a tidy freak, understand maybe that's because of certain layers in your chart that are just ingrained that way. And so by understanding this is why you respond to things, this is why you have these needs for things, this is why you are the party butterfly and others are more introverts that like to stay at home and watch TV. It's about just 
understanding, hey, this is me. I cannot change that. And whereas I will always try to be offering to be flexible and understanding and do new things, why should I force myself to do stuff outside my comfort zone in the hope that one day I will like it because others do? We're all different and we all have different layers and we all have different likes and dislikes. We all have different emotional responses. We're all different personalities. And your birth chart analysis of understanding that can really help layer up where you're at, who you are and why you're this way. Now let's talk about the signs. So we know what the planet's energy are, but now let's talk about the constellation signs that the planets travel through. We have the 12. These are going to be quite familiar to you. They run in order. They start at Aries, Taurus, Gemini, etc., etc., reaching the last sign in the constellation, which is Pisces. But as with lots of things in spiritual practice, you will see the wheel. These run in a fluid circular movement. So although we say the start is Aries and the end is Pisces, really it's ever flowing from one to the other. There is no beginning and there is no end. Each of these constellations offers, to me, I feel like little mini personalities of their own. They are relatable to humans. They're not really, to me, about your external environment. They are very much to do with behavioural traits and personalities. And I want to now just go through their meanings very briefly. Know that it can change slightly, it can shift a little depending on if it's a Taurus moon or a Taurus sun or a Taurus Venus because you are applying it to that planet's energy. But in general, in summary, this is what the signs are. So first of all, we have Aries. Aries is a sign of fire. It is a sign of action, courage, drive, motivation. It is the warrior sign. Taurus, an earth sign, very grounded, loves home environment, loves beautiful things, has a very fixed nature, has to be around safety, security and predictability. Gemini, an air sign, loves to interact with people, gain knowledge, very mutable, changes direction a lot, doesn't necessarily make fixed decisions, will change its mind a lot, but loves, ruled by the planet Mercury, really loves to process knowledge, chitter-chatter, be around people and talks a lot. Cancer. This is a very nurturing sign, a very close sign. Cancer is very sensitive, loves to surround itself with family and loved ones, loves to care and look after people, but it takes a while to gain cancer's loyalty because it hurts so easily. It will only let those in that it can really be assured won't cause hurt or upset. Leo, the social butterfly. The sign that loves to take centre stage, loves to be around parties and people. The charmer, the extrovert, the sign that is that lion that can roar, that everyone loves and loves to watch and listen to and is confident, vibrant and fun. Virgo, introvert, very organised, very practical, can seem very reliable and very put together. Accountants or those that have very logical reasoning jobs are usually Virgos. It's that sign that has to understand why certain things are away, has to break things apart, needs stuff to make sense and be organised. Libra, romantic and sweet-natured. Libra is the sign of equality. 
Libra loves fairness and diplomacy and will see both sides of every story to come to a very organised, truthful conclusion of every scenario. Libra will not take sides until it has analysed every single bit of information. It sees balance and harmony in lots of different situations and is a really beautiful sign for love and attraction. Scorpio, the introvert sign that is very understanding of human nature, loves to quietly analyse, so can seem as very mysterious, will sit in a corner and watch a room full of people rather than take centre stage, will very intricately understand how people work, will process it. Scorpio is very good at understanding people's logics and people's drive. Scorpio is probably the most healing of all the signs as well because it has this ability to deeply understand people's ethics their logic and their drive sagittarius the spontaneous sign of fire the sign that will jump on the train and not worry where it's going too much loves to get out and see the world loves adventure loves to just do things without planning off the cuff without overthinking it capricorn a very driven earth sign that needs to create legacy needs to pinpoint something in this lifetime that has defined their purpose to be here. Loves career, loves to be organised, very mature, very practical, but needs to have purpose, needs to very much go from A to B and feel like it's making a difference moving forward. Aquarius, this sign is very individual, will take its own path, does not feel the need to follow others, It's very, very difficult to understand because you think you know where an Aquarius is going and will very suddenly flip to a different situation. They are the humanitarians, those that want to fix the world and make a difference. They're very intellectual, but they will be very unpredictable too. And Pisces, the dreamy, watery, spiritual sign the most creatives as well, those that can have their heads in the clouds and fly away in a world of imagination and go with the flow of life. Nothing is too fixed, nothing is decided and they are very happy to just go with whatever is given without the need to break it down or to understand it. Very spiritual, Pisces is the most mutable water sign of them all. And that's it, you have your 12 signs there. There are a lot more detailed explanations for each one. And of course, depending on what planetary body it's in, you can go into even more layers of understanding what they are and what they do. Now, finally to finish, and I'm nearly there, I promise, one important thing to do on your birth chart is to understand that each constellation, each zodiac sign is an element, i.e. fire, earth, air or water. And by counting the different elements in your chart, you will have an overall picture for the elemental balance in your chart. And also each sign is a different mode as well. And we call them mutable, fixed or cardinal. And the modes of these signs, also the balance of these in your chart will help you decide whether you're more of a leader, cardinal, whether you're more stable, fixed or whether you're more a follower or interchangeable mutable and each sign as well is an introvert or an extrovert so for instance i mentioned aries is an extrovert and taurus is an introvert by adding up the overall picture of your birth chart you can see if you're overall more introvert or extrovert 
And this adds even more beautiful layers to your birth chart and can explain why sometimes you may have a very extrovert sign, i.e. Aries as your sun sign, but not necessarily feel Aries because it is overlayered by all the other introvert signs in your chart. Likewise, this can also explain why lacking a certain element in your chart might also gauge or govern why certain signs in your chart will override others. And so you might not feel Capricorn, you might not feel Aquarius. Have a look at the bigger picture, have a look at if you've got more of a certain sign element mode in your chart, whether you're more introvert or extrovert as a whole in your chart and what the different elements represent. We have done a lovely sheet for you, which you can print off on our website, thespiritualhealingtemple.org, which explains in great detail what all the elements represent, what the modes represent, and what the introvert-extrovert signs are and what they represent. So you can really like fill this out, do your birth chart, understand, add up where everything is, and come up with a very accurate portrayal, hopefully, of you. It is really fun to do it for friends and family too, with their permission of course. I find it a really useful tool of helping to get to know and understand people from a non-judgmental space, but more from an engaging understanding place as to, oh, that's why they're this way. That's why they're so over-worrying about this. That's why they get so angry about this subject. By understanding birth charts, by understanding people's layers, by understanding you as well, You can really move forward in your practices and understanding yourself and getting to know you. I hope you enjoyed our birth chart basics. There is obviously a lot more to talk about on this subject, namely the houses that the planets are in when you're born, retrogrades, conjunctions and oppositions and how you can use your birth chart for divination in the future. But for now, to not overwhelm you, there is absolutely no way I can fit this whole topic in one podcast. So this is our birth chart basics. It will be to be continued. I will release another on this topic very soon. But for now, I hope this has got you started on what can be a really easy to do, easy to follow subject if broken down correctly. And I look forward to catching up with you all soon on the next part in this series.